Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. All right, back here on the Ohioan, and, you know, we're at a spot of the um, Statehouse calendar where it's, it's not the lame duck session. It's uh, near the end so of the session, so you see a lot of bills coming up, and we're going to cover these bills as they come up, but we also want to have news from the Ohio Supreme Court. Um, you know, we don't know as much about the Haas Supreme Court as the U.S. Supreme Court, but they do make interesting rulings. And I want to talk about one that uh, came through yesterday. Um, to me, Craig, this is a no-duh, uh, but I'm glad that they made this ruling. Uh, there was a, um, a court case involving uh, teachers carrying firearms. And the Supreme Court ruled and said, hey, you can't carry a firearm as a teacher without extensive police training or 20 years of experience. And I'll be honest, I'd say you need police training no matter how much experience you have. <laughs> um, so, I, I mean, I applaud the fact that the, uh, the court made this ruling, but I think they need to, to extend it a little bit further. And to me, it's not even a, hey... Does, are, does this sound like you're Republican or liberal or whatever? I think it's a common sense ruling. And it was a 4-3 decision. But, again, if you're carrying a firearm, if you're in the school or even at your house, get some training. Understand what's happening. You know, it, it just makes so much sense. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's been a lot of arguments going back and forth about whether teachers should – be allowed or should be carrying a firearm in the event of a school shooting. Yeah, you know, it's it's obviously very sad that we have to have this conversation at all, but it seems like we're to the point where we do. Um, you know, I, I think there are plenty of teachers out there that are, you know, pro-Second Amendment. They probably have their concealed carry license. And, you know, to them, carrying a gun is not a foreign thing. You know, there you can have debates all through different school boards and rural and urban areas in the state, and you're probably going to get a bunch of different answers. But at the end of the day, I'm glad that they at least have sort of their, you know, the Supreme Court and the state has their, you know, a line in the sand saying, well, if you're going to do this, you have to meet requirements. So because, first of all, I don't think a school district should want to give a gun to someone that doesn't have any training or knowledge or experience because maybe they're not comfortable or whatever it may be. And, and maybe it's just something that they don't want to get involved with. So it's good that you don't have to require everybody, but if you're going to have someone in your school building that has a gun, 
it's probably not the bad idea to get training and to make sure that those people are prepared in the event that they were to have to use it. I, I, I don't know that it's a <clears throat> great idea to begin with. I think that's, it's up to every school district to make their own decision. Uh, you know, in a, in a lot of cases, I think giving guns to teachers probably isn't a great idea either because a lot of these lockdowns basically render your teachers irrelevant because they're locked into a, a, a classroom. And, you know, and in most cases, if they have, depending on the system schools have, you're automatically locked in. You're not able to get out of the, out of the, uh, <clears throat> the room you're in. So some schools have taught, have talked about having like someone that works in the administrative office that would be able to come out of the administrative office if need be to address a situation. But then I also think that kind of goes back to a lot of schools have, you know, police resource officers. It's probably not a bad idea if possible for every school to have a, a school police resource officer. Um, and a lot of a lot of people have gotten creative over the years. Uh, in Sandusky County, our sheriff has worked out contracts with with various different schools that have wanted one where they'll pay the school will pay the eight, nine months that they're in the school building, and then the sheriff will pay the three months that they're on the road in the summer. And it's worked out pretty well. You know, um, how effective are school resource officers? I don't know. I'm sure they're probably better than not to have. But um, it's. I think, you know, if you're going to go that route, why not have a professional who's trained at in all of those situations to that's wearing a bulletproof vest and that's you know ready to you know go in the event that something happens rather than hoping that you train someone well enough whether it be a teacher or administrator to execute really almost like a tactical movement if someone were to come in and begin shooting a school so it's 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 hard to really say what should happen here and let me clarify something. I, I wasn't clear when I, we first uh, entered the story. Um, we talked about 20 years of experience. They're saying 20 years of experience as a peace officer. So it's okay. not like if you're 20 years of experience as a teacher, you can start okay. carrying guns without training. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's definitely a lot of validity to what you're saying. I think the one thing that we're going to have to progress on as a society is, you know, after everything that happened last year with George Floyd and some of the understanding that we're starting to get about where we haven't done well for people of color over the past. And that have kind of been exemplified by, you know, what happened to George Floyd and everything else like that. Right. You know, there are some schools that say, Hey, you know, maybe having a police officer in the school isn't the, best idea and i don't want to <clears throat> contend that assertion because i know every school's different right I, I think a lot of it has to do with the makeup of your, your kids and everything else i totally understand that um i i do think there needs to be some type of presence and i'll be honest with you you know maybe you sit there and say like we've talked about this with police departments you know we need to have we we don't just to have have to have guys that can arrest you or shoot you in an extreme situation, you need people to mentor kids, talk to them, right? Help them out. And I know there's a lot of school districts where they have good relationships with police departments to do that. But maybe if we focus more on that, 
And instead of, hey, here's this bad, you know, this big, tough police officer that's going to punish you if you make a mistake or or he may shoot you if you have a gun in your hand or whatever else the case might be. Right. You know, focus on more of that mentoring type of relationship. And I know, and again, this is a rural district, so obviously the makeup of the kids are a lot different than the inner city school district. But in Galleon, when I was the editor out there, you know, they had a really good police officer that she served over the school district a long time. Uh, she was like the advocate that really helped out. Right. And uh, students in the school did, I mean, she wore a police uniform. You know, it was clear who she was, but the schools didn't, the students didn't look at her in that way. And I would advocate more of that type of relationship. Sure. And to be honest, you know, I know schools don't have money, and especially after COVID, but I would feel more comfortable that you have at least one officer, maybe two or even three, depending on the size of your school, that could perform that role. I feel a whole lot better about that than saying, hey, your math teacher's armed, you know? Yeah. And I know it's sometimes easier to have the math teacher being armed, but if something happens in the classroom, it's going down before the, you know, the peace officer can can get there. But you know what? And Craig, I hate saying this. I don't mean to make light of this stuff. But, you know, when I was a kid, it was still in the spanking days, you know, where, you know, we were spanking kids, not we, not me, but, you know, teachers were, you know, palling kids and everything else like that. And there was kind of an environment at that time where, oh, here's this tough teacher. He's going to pal you, Craig, if you don't get your homework done. Well, what would that be like now if teachers have guns? I'm not saying, you know, you're going to get shot if you don't get your homework done, but, I don't know. I, I don't know if I want all, all my teachers being armed. I, I guess that's what I'm saying. Well, you know, and even a, even if as a district as a whole, I, I don't think you're going to get 100% agreement on a teacher randomly, but very well trained and, and everything, randomly being, ch- you know, armed with a, a weapon because some parents are going to be fine with it and some parents are not going to be fine with it. And I completely understand why both you know, both arguments would come to the table. Um, yeah, I, you know, schools don't have a lot of money. There are a lot of schools. Like I think it's foreign when we talk about police agencies that don't have body cameras. I think it's strange when we talk about that. You know, I mean, most most body, you know, most police departments I cover have body cameras. But, you know, bigger departments, they have to invest more money into it, so maybe they don't do it. And maybe that's the case here where some people just, you know, you can't just have one school resource officer for the Cleveland public schools. It's just there. That's way too big. You need multiple officers. But again, you know, maybe they just don't have the finances to do that. So, you know, I, I don't but I, I think I'd rather go with something like that where you have a resource officer. The resource officers that I've done stories on that I've dealt with in our area, they all they're there in the side They're you know, they're out there when the school bell rings and kids are going from class to class, talking to kids, saying hi. It is not you know, there's there's no real threatening nature to anything that they do at that school. They respond to bullying. They respond to other, you know, buildings in the district. If something happens, um, they they really they really act as sort of a, a, a liaison between the the public and the, the police department they do a lot of trainings they do a lot of dare work for drug awareness i mean you know well, 
Abel, if we do this, okay, it's called to defund the police. Nobody realistic is saying take all the money away from the police. They're just saying restructure how we do police departments. Right. So here's a win-win situation that unless you're really on one side of the political angle or uh, of the political party, you should not be upset about. Why don't if we just restructure police funds to say, hey, how much does it cost to hire a police officer? Let's say it's 50000 you pay them per year. Well, here, hey, local police departments, you need to take 100000 of your budget and you're funding two police officers are in the schools. And if it's Cleveland, you know, hey, 500000 you have 10 or whatever. There's a proportionality based on the size right. of your city in your school. To me, that would just make sense. And now you're starting to restructure the police departments. As you said, Craig, yeah, you need to hire someone that understands how to use a gun if, if that happens. But these are people that try to encourage more dare use, try to encourage more. It's a way of kind of spotting situations. Right. If you see a kid that could be trouble, and I'm not talking about school shooting, a kid that's struggling. A kid, you know, you can talk to that kid, hopefully guide him the right pathway. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, even if you're really on the conservative side and say, oh, it's defunding our police department, you're saying, no, we're putting officers in that are going to help your kids. You, right. you know, it, it just makes so much sense. <laughs> and that's probably why it'll, it'll never happen. But <laughs> so. Oh, well. Well, another issue we tried to solve that we maybe we didn't solve. But, um, yeah, but thanks for checking out the high one. Like I said, we've got one uh, free segment a day. So, you know. We work at paper. Everyone complains about hey, everything's behind a paywall. I can't read anything. Well, with us, look, you get free segment every day. You, you'll never have to complain about that. We've got another segment if you just subscribe to us. There's information about that on our website. Also, check our sponsors. Hey, yes, if you check our sponsors, they'll help us out. <laughs> but we're trying to have sponsors that help you out, like Chase Bank. You sign up for an account, use our link. They're going to give you 225 bucks. I feel like Mike DeWine, Craig. I mean, you know, he's trying to give all these incentives saying, look, you'll get a chance of winning a million bucks. And people are still like, ah, I don't know if I want the vaccine. Well, hey, we're giving you incentives. If you don't want the extra podcast, you don't have to download it. But, you know, check our sponsors. Um, you know, they'll put money in your account. So, yeah, uh, and, you know, you don't have to get a shot. You just have to sign up for a bank account, and you probably need a bank account anyway, so go ahead and do it. We are the DeWine and Houston of <laughs> podcasting. Oh, which, one, which one are you and which one am I? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> probably whoever's shorter is. Well, okay, sorry. <laughs> Can't go a day without making a high okay. Oh, well. Yeah, we, we have to have DeWine on. There's a lot we got to talk to him about. So we need it's, to, it's how do we get to Dwight? But no, it's good. So check out the Ohio one. Um, sponsor us, subscribe, and check out our sponsors. And you know what? Share us with your friends. Lots you can do here. Uh, we'll be back uh, with another segment. Have a great day. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer, you know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high impact folks as well as have a little fun. 
We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.